Hey everyone, Eric Watson here, freelance writer, player of games, writer of words, recorder of videos, and tabletop role-playing aficionado. Welcome to the DM Roundtable for August 2021. This is a chance for patrons and I to get together and discuss topics in tabletop RPGs. By sharing ideas, thoughts, and experiences, we can all become better DMs or GMs. The DM Roundtable discussions are open to all patrons at every level of patreon.com slash roguewatson. You don't even have to be an active participant. You can jump in here and lurk to your heart's content, and we are glad to have you. This month's topic, as determined by the Patreon poll, was a tie, but there was a bit more interest in Exhaustion, so I went with that. Exhaustion is a potentially lethal series of debuffs that can last a long time. Do we utilize Exhaustion in our games, and how do we balance it along with everything else? Joining me for this month's DM Roundtable, we have the Fireworks Factory. Hello. Farty McButterpants. Hello. And Jordan. Hello, guys. So, I don't know if exhaustion is a completely new mechanic to 5th edition. I never played 4th. Um, it feels like it's kind of a newish mechanic. And it's, it's really unique in how it operates and how it works and how some things care about exhaustion and most things comfortably ignore. It's a very unique condition. Um... So just to go over it briefly, because that's going to be our main topic, it has six different levels, and you can you, you inflict exhaustion upon... Technically, I guess you can inflict it on enemies, too. It, it is just a debuff that works for everybody, but usually on players. And when they're suffering a level of exhaustion, they're all cumulative. So you just start stacking all these horrible debuffs. Level 1 is disadvantaged on all ability checks. Level 2, your speed is halved. At level 3, of disadvantage on attack rolls and saving throws. Now it starts getting real fucking bad. Level 4, your hit point maximum is halved. Level 5, your speed is reduced to 0. And level 6, you just die. The only way to heal exhaustion is every time you long rest, you reduce it by 1. So if you're suffering multiple levels of exhaustion, then you're still suffering some levels of exhaustion after a long rest, which is pretty crazy. Uh, you can also get healed with a Greater Restoration spell. However, that is a 5th level spell, and it costs 100 gold pieces because you have to spend a gem of some sort that costs 100 gold pieces. So it's kind of a brutal effect. Uh, so I was, I, and that's how I'm going to open the floor by saying who uses exhaustion or doesn't use exhaustion because of its balance jordan let's start with you um i think exhaustion makes sense i like using it um however um with it there's different homebrews that i've read up online different things that i've seen um i'm gonna do a quick shout out to uh, the dungeon coach because he made some good consolidation of a variety of those variant methods but in general, I think it's, it's interesting. I, I don't think at the very beginning with first and second level, it really, second level more so, but first level, it doesn't affect combat at all. Mm. So if you have something that happens in the middle of combat and they gain exhaustion, whip-de-freaking-do, the only thing it's going to affect is if they want to do an athletics check. But outside of that, it doesn't do anything. Um, right, it'd be like a contested, checks. yeah, like a grapple or... Maybe uh, getting, if if you if you counterspelled and you had to make like a a a check for a higher level counterspell, would that count? 
trying to think of some like edge cases for when you use ability checks in combat. Um, but- yeah, that that would be one. Um, but with the exception of those, even even when you look at how they're listed, for the most part, it doesn't even really affect spellcasters without the exception of the counter spell. Yeah. So even the only thing time it really starts hitting them is at level three, and that's with concentration saving throws. But for the most part, like the only thing it really affects is melee combatants, and so there's that's why. I, tend to drift more toward variant options. So you think exhaustion isn't uh, debilitating enough? Oh, for heaven's sakes, no. It's not. Mm. Like, the only time it gets bad is once you hit level 5 and level 6. And at that point in time, if you haven't <laughs> been resting for 5 days, you should be dead. Right. So yeah. it's... Yeah. It's, I, don't, I don't think it's debilitating enough, and there's very few times where you can actually gain exhaustion. Except for like typically like travel and those types of things, I can't think of many creatures that will do something and then you gain exhaustion. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. It's it's not a very common. It's it's it really seems to be up to the DM, and it, it's usually used as like an environmental, uh, like you fail to save for, uh, you know, traversing through a swamp or fording a river or surviving the elements or something. Uh, Farty, use exhaustion in your games. Um, I haven't used it a lot before. Um, I have started using it in uh, Rime of the Frostmaiden. Uh, I don't want to get into spoilers, but uh, I have been using it there because... But it's cold up there. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, if you look Icewind at Dale. exhaustion, you're going to have... It's lack of food, lack of water, lack of sleep. I don't track food or water in my games, so, you know, that kind of... That's out. Um, there's extreme expo- ex- exposure to extreme heat or extreme cold, so it fits really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's also, you know, you could do hard adventuring over a long time period. You can bring it in that way. With Rhyme of the Frostman, the extreme cold, uh, I, I totally grasped onto that, and I said, okay, I've, I've got to bring in exhaustion because I think it's it's a, a cool thing to use. Uh, I've only really used it a couple of times um and we've never really gotten past level two so but level two was pretty tough because you know the guy all of a sudden was half speed and he was a dwarf and uh you know we we're climbing uh calvin's cairn uh he got caught in the uh um uh, uh the avalanche and yeah, yeah it, it beat him up and then you know you got the yetis and that was that was touch and go yeah that's I a good a big reason why I wanted to talk about exhaustion was because of Rhyme of the Frostman is the first one that really made me go okay this is literally a classic like extreme environment you know man versus nature situation uh, yeah. that just happens to have a D and D adventure set here so you've got to include like some kind of reflection of that and it seems like the exhaustion system is designed exactly for that uh, hopefully uh, fireworks factory do you use exhaustion in your games. I have yet to use exhaustion in my campaign. Uh, I've experienced it once in a different uh, campaign. Uh, in that situation, the party only got up to level one, and so those penalties were pretty interesting. We didn't really... It didn't really have too much of an impact to the, to the game overall. Um, but... Using it in 
my campaigns, I haven't really thought about it. I guess right now it it it's sort of up there on the same level as like including encumbrance or mm. keeping track of uh, making sure the the party is consuming food rations whenever they take a long rest or something along those lines. So you you consider it too uh, fiddly, too much bookkeeping? Uh yes. Yes, I would. Yeah, I I don't necessarily disagree, um especially after using it a little bit in this campaign. Um my group in particular for anybody that watches us know that we forget our shit all the time and I am not immune to that. I as a DM I forget uh you know, creature abilities and things frequently. Um, and I, I think because exhaustion isn't integrated into the character sheet in a very meaningful way, it's just like an additional, it's a stacking debuff you have to keep track of. I don't know. It's just easy for like everybody DMs included to just completely forget about it. Uh, and so I, I agree. It, it tends to be, that, that tends to be going to the realm of like fiddly stuff that I don't want to track, which is stuff like encumbrance and food and water and just crap that I don't really care about because we're running kind of a, you know, action movie series here and not necessarily a, and maybe that's the problem. We're not running a, uh, you know, a survival uh, RPG or, or horror thing where, where people are trying to keep track of like all their ammunition and all their food rations and things, which maybe exhaustion would be better, a better fit for that style campaign. Quick plug for fancy grounds. It automates remembering it and the effects. Okay, I'm done. Ooh, yeah, that would that would probably help. <laughs> I wonder. I need to get a, a roll twenty mod for that. You know, I, I want to also get one to plug in because we do use lingering injuries, and I feel like um, our lingering injuries kind of fill the same void. Void. Well, yeah. void, not the right word, but that, the same purpose of yeah. of exhaustion, which is you've got this debilitating effect that's punishing you uh, for a lengthy amount of time. That's longer than, you know, potentially and with, really with lingering injuries, it could even last beyond a long rest because you have like one chance to heal it every time. If you don't want to go pony up the cash to, to get it healed. And we have a trouble remembering our long rest. A lot of times, like we'll, we'll forget that shit all the time. So let alone <laughs> trying to come up, <laughs> trying to remember exhaustion effects. One of the other things as a plug for rhyme, I've used it in that current campaign when people fell through ice in the frozen mm -hmm. areas. So if the, the one scenario that you've already alluded to or mentioned before with the dwarves and the stuff on the cairn, there's one falling through the ice is another, but it definitely, I wish it wasn't limited to strictly, um, whatchamacallit, environmental and taking care of your necessities. Like, the closest that you actually have in terms of magic causing exhaustion is the slow spell. And mm -hmm. those effects in there definitely create situations that you can kind of pull from if you were to use variant options. Because those variant ones that I was alluding to, like, one of them, one of the ones that you can use is for each level, regardless of what everything else says, you just do a minus one per level of exhaustion to your attacks, saves, skills, spell save DCs, just minus one across the board. And you also lose five feet of movement. 
and that's for each mm-hmm. level of exhaustion. Is that, that the way, dungeon coach did that? Was that the? That's yeah. one of them. Yeah, yeah that, that one's just a simple way where you don't have to sit there and fiddle around and go, okay, well, which one was which, and why am I half speed and I'm not dead, but now I can't move at all. <laughs> Maybe, but I, f- I feel like a lot of modifiers is going against of what makes 5e an attractive system, which is it doesn't have a lot of those like ongoing modifiers. Mm. It, it uses like mostly the purely like the advantage disadvantage system. And, uh, like very, re- I think only cover that I can think of like is a straight up like this is plus two or plus three to something. Um, which is why a lot of people, 5e works very elegantly that way compared to something like, uh, like Pathfinder, which I think Pathfinder is a great game, but it definitely has that like, okay, I've got a plus two from this, a plus three from that, a plus four for this, a minus one for that. You got to do like, yeah, a little math uh, thing in there, which, um, you know, that's, that's still a a great game and a a good system, but I think I'm always leery and I, you know, I review a lot of, uh, class supplement products, but I'm very leery when I see, effects and things that specifically do the modifier things i'm like i don't this doesn't really feel like 5e to me at that point <laughs> and I, I don't know if a bunch of minus ones would um help solve that issue i'll tell you what so i agree that it's a shame that exhaustion if they're going to have exhaustion be a thing it's a shame that it's not really a integrated into monster stat blocks and if it were if people were getting exhaustion more often I think it would be a thing we would all remember more. If there were more enemies, um, like in the older editions of D&D, there were enemies that could like level drain you and reduce your max hit points. I think there's still enemies that can reduce your max hit points, but if those kind of enemies inflicted exhaustion effects on you, then like suddenly... When a, like when a banshee yells at you yeah. and it takes off years off your life, yeah. but you don't get exhaustion. Just manifest <laughs> that as, yeah, levels of exhaustion. Then suddenly those enemies become very unique because... It's almost, you know, like like um, uh, Darkest Dungeon, those kind of games where you have an H- a hit point bar and a sanity bar. It's almost like exhaustion could be your sanity bar in a way. I mean, it's it's like your stamina bar, I guess, technically. But because it, it has a meter that goes up to death, which is how those RPGs work, where you've got, you know, your physical hit points and your mental hit points. In this case, your exhaustion is a different kind of physical hit points, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But it would be interesting if there were some enemies that specifically attacked that part of your hit point bar, which was represented by exhaustion. So if you fought enemies that specifically just debuffed you to exhaustion. Now, the problem with that is the game isn't balanced necessarily for that because you only reduce exhaustion levels by one per long rest. And the way a the lot of... The other way that you can do it outside of the Greater Restoration is you can have potions of vitality. So there's there oh. are spells that you can do to use it. There's the resting that you can do to use it, and then there's actual items that you can do to use That's it. That's true. So yeah. if if you were to adjust the game to add more exhaustion, I agree where your your premise where you're heading where you would have to increase new ways to also remove it. If you're going to debuff it, you also have to buff it in another way to keep it balanced. Yeah. So sure. maybe maybe instead of having the paladins five five points of lay on hands gets rid of curses. Maybe it also removes a level of exhaustion. Yeah, that's yeah. It would have to be opened up a lot more. It, it, the way it's written right now, it just feels like such a tangential system that only comes up in these certain environmental conditions. Um, I've never, I don't think ever had anybody go above one level of exhaustion. I don't think it's ever come up yet. And we really only have used exhaustion to my knowledge, in this campaign, I think we may have used it before earlier, but I, it must have been so rare, I don't remember. But 
this campaign has been a couple times, which has been pretty low, like con saving throws. And even then, and I have like gate set up, which is basically like if, if you're in a, uh, if, if you're in a, a tricky environment, which is Icewind Dale during the rhyme, and I allow a survival check to try to make it to your destination without fucking around, without getting lost, but in too much time. If the person fails that survival check, then everybody in the party has to make a con saving throw. Not very high. It's like a DC 10 or something. And then if you fail that save, then you get inflicted with exhaustion. That's, I don't know if that's a great system or not, or even a good one, but it's the way that I'm trying to just uh, elegantly create the feel of, okay, I'm not going to keep track of your rations. I'm not going to keep track of all this bullshit, but I do want to have some kind of feeling of this is a harsh environment and there should be some kind of penalties, but I don't necessarily want to just say, okay, well, getting from A to B, you guys instantly all suffer two levels of exhaustion because it's just that hard outside. Like, that feels too punitive, and especially because there's just not good ways of, of curing exhaustion either. Your your method sounds a lot like Oregon Trail. Sorry, but Susie just contracted dysentery. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up. But dumb. yeah, no, no, it makes sense. Like, I think there's, I think, it's underutilized. I don't think it's as flushed out as other aspects of the game, for sure. And so because of that, it's kind of like, it's almost like alignment. It's like, okay, cool, this thing exists, but you're only going to use it once every five years of playing the game. So congratulations, this is your one chance to use it. So <laughs> roll with it. You know what? Yeah, but is it, is it underutilized because you know if you think about it most exhaustion is going to come from almost like the hex crawl portion of your travel you're going from one place and a lot of people just hand wave that especially you know we've talked about it before yeah so you almost have to homebrew something it, 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 i'm not so worried about the exhaustion levels like you know what you know what's level 1 what's level 2 i think they're they're fine i mean um my challenge is how do I bring it into the game? How do I, you know, do I have to disrupt their sleep? I have to hit them with some kind of, uh, you know, um, snowstorm or, or blizzard or something on their travel. You know, they got to roll for um, uh, con saves or something. And if you look at the way it is in the in the the notes, if you're, you know, if it's really cold, I think you have to roll a con save every hour. Jeez. I don't even track time in my games. So what is? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, do I all of a sudden start tracking every hour and say, okay, roll another con save? So it's the tough part is finding out how the hell do I bring it into this game? Yeah, it's it is the exploration section of D and D is is definitely the weakest. Like, you know, role playing is still very much up to the you know DMs and players to buy in, but it's always been you know a, a pretty easy thing to to create i think um combat has been is thoroughly uh supported by every system in the game um but the exploration part the traveling part has always been very tricky and we're we might get a little off topic with talking about travel specifically but because exhaustion is mostly tied to travel i think that's a good point that it suffers from the same part that we don't have good firm rules on traversing through areas now that I think about it, the one time I remember exhaustion was at the slight spoilers for Tomb of Annihilation. Um, the boss fight of Tomb of Annihilation, again, mute me if you don't want to be spoiled on that, was against a, a creature that has, I believe, 
legendary actions of being able to cause um, force saves against exhaustion. Which seemed really deadly on paper. But I don't remember amounted to much in my game. Maybe everybody just rolled really well on their saves. I don't remember. <laughs> but that's where I remember it from. Um, here's a point I want to bring up. Why not just use hit dice? If if exhaustion is meant to simulate stamina, your overall ability to recuperate over time, D&D 5th Edition already has a great system for that, and it's called Hit Dice, which is the players using a resource that they have to heal themselves on short rests. So what if instead of inflicting exhaustion, you just took away some Hit Dice? That's something that I've been thinking about <laughs> because I've reviewed several products that have done a really interesting job of making it that if you failed certain saves or um, took too long doing certain checks, that they would instead of and something and it wasn't something that would necessarily do damage to you, but you wanted to fail forward, it'd be like, okay, well you you successfully you know push this you know door this heavy door up so you can get through. Uh, but you lose like two of your hit dice. As if you had short rested, but obviously you don't get the hit points for that. And I thought that was a really interesting system because that's something that obviously players are already keeping track of. And assuming you've, you know, it only really works obviously if you're in, in the middle of a uh, dungeon crawl or if you're doing some other, you know, long rest, you don't get to heal all your things kind of rules that I do. But um, it's less debilitating and less punitive and less bookkeeping than exhaustion and yet it is still painful because people don't get to use their hit dice now that does maybe penalize the marshals up front rather than the casters but it just an idea was i thought that was a neat an interesting concept from different products i'd read where they used um losing hit dice as uh in place of inflicting exhaustion anybody have any thoughts about that <laughs> I think that sounds like uh, it has potential to uh, to uh, factor in exhaustion in games, um, because you know you're right. It's there's not a whole lot of uh, ways other than environment uh, for the environment to penalize uh, players uh, in terms of exhaustion. Um, but I think uh, trying it out with hit dice would be a very interesting thing to to see. So if if we're gonna go through that real quick, let's let's run that that thought process out. So if you're doing a level of exhaustion, do you ever have situations where you, like in rhyme, when my players went under the water, in into the ice, I ended up hitting the player that went under the water. I think with two or three levels of exhaustion because they were under there so long. Um, do you give them a save for that, or you just straight up do it? Uh, I, I gave them a save, but it got harder the longer they were in there. So I increased the DC the longer they were in there. Okay. But the, the idea of expending hit dice is even on a long rest, you only get half of them back. Yes. So if you've, if you're in a dungeon or we'll say in this situation, you're out in the middle of the icy tundra. You get caught in a blizzard, you get hit for that. In the blizzard, maybe you get attacked by a yeti because you happen to be on top of a hill. 
um, at the end of that fight, when you go back and you're sitting there going, okay, we need to rest, we need to get our hit points back, your level doing that particular thing could have been anywhere from level one to level four. If you got hit with exhaustion, that just cost you anywhere from six, potentially anywhere from, we'll say six, including con modifier, to 13 hit points, depending on whether you were front line or back line. Mm. And on top of that, you are going to spend some more, but even after the long rest, when you eventually get that, you're still going to be feeling the effects of that two or three days later because yeah. you might not got all your hit points back and you might have been killed in the process. So it's it's compelling. I always thought that was a weird it's rule. That, yeah, it's punishing. It's it, very, very punishing. It is. Um, the fact it's that you, the one thing you don't fully recover in a long rest is your hit dice. You only recover half. That that I could spin off into a whole nother round table <laughs> because there's I actually did a Monster Hunter 5e campaign that I was trying to run for a couple of weeks and there wasn't enough interest in it, so it kind of fell off. But we were using some of the variant healing options in the DMG, and there's others where you on a short rest you do get all your hit points back. Mm. All your hit dice. So depending on what rule set you're using for Yeah. Hit dice, if you're using standard, this different way of doing exhaustion would be very easy to track, especially on roll 20, and very punishing. So in your scenario, it might work really, really well. And because you're doing your own homebrew rules, by all means, throw it in there. I can't wait to see what your group does. Well, I'm, I'm not completely sold on it. I'm just, it's still in the theory crafting stage, but it, it would solve, I will say that it would solve the issue of here's another thing we have to keep track of because everybody is already keeping track of their hit dice. Like that's just a resource that you're using, you're spending, and it's pretty easy to say, okay, you failed this con save. Now you have to deduct two dice from your hit dice pool. Like that's a, you know, you don't have to keep track of it from then on. It's just done versus exhaustion, which is something like, okay, now I've got this, you know, ongoing debuff that I have to constantly remember like what it does to me every time. So here's a different question. If you run out of hit dice, similar to exhaustion with enough levels, if you have no hit dice left and you take another level of exhaustion, do you just straight die? Similar to six levels of regular exhaustion using the hit dice method? I think using the hit dice method, you would have to start inflicting actual exhaustion at that point. And you'd have to come up with some system of like, do you just start at level one or do you just jump ahead or how that works? Because I don't think it's um, fair to just start knocking people unconscious or anything like that's said, but maybe it is. I don't know. You know, it depends on the kind of game you're running too. Um, yeah. Because the way that the system currently is built is it, it affects you socially because that's usually where you're using your ability checks. Yeah. Then it affects your actual movement. Then it affects you in combat. And then you straight up at level four. Stealth. Level Stealth four is another one you use in combat if you're a rogue. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Very true. Very true. What's level four again? Four is hit point maximum halved. Yeah. Got it. Which, yeah, the man, very... what a pain in the ass to keep track of. Like, I <laughs> the, hate all the, the hit point reduction rule for ones. That one? The variant rule that the dungeon group, dungeon coach came up with is they said you just gain vulnerability. vulnerability. Yeah, I remember that. I liked that better. That was good. Uh, that That's an that easy, yeah, just everything does double damage to you. Yeah. 
I don't want to. I don't want to fucking put everybody's hit points. Remember what your hit points were. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a nightmare. So yeah, no, there's there the the only reason why I would not technically try the hit dice one, even though it is compelling, is that reason where it affects all those other aspects of the game. Where with if you just did hit dice, yeah, it's easy to track, but it doesn't affect the role play outside of you just having to be more careful with taking damage because you're not going to heal as much. Yeah. I would, I would suggest getting to uh, using the, the hit dice. The hit dice theory is that once you reach that maximum level of exhaustion and all of your, uh, and all of your hit die are gone, you would make the, the character roll for hit dice, but the amount that they roll subtracts from their current hit points. So now they're rolling hit dice to affect them negatively rather oh. than just killing them outright they're slowly dying like you literally roll the hit dice as if you were healing from a short rest and then it just subtracts their hit points exactly okay the so, bizarro hit dice i believe it is referred to <laughs> <laughs> so if we're going to do that on not just a small itsy bitsy level five character but now you're far enough in the campaign that you're level eight you're going to have to be 12 levels of exhaustion in before it's actually going to even mean anything to you. Because you're going to need to get rid of all those hit dice before it's actually doing any damage to you. And then when you rest, you're not going to get healed at all. My main worry is that so, that system would be, the, the hit dice system would be too geared towards punishing the martial classes that rely specifically more on their hit points. Because how often yeah. are spellcasters necessarily rolling their hit dice during a short rest versus you know obviously your tanks your frontliners those are the ones are going to be critically worried about their you know their hit dice pool and and using those hit dice so with the hit dice system you know you inflict that upon the party and it's the bummer is i think it's going to affect you know some classes and some archetypes more than others just because they rely on their hit points more often and and i think it negatively or invert what's the opposite of exponential <laughs> it, it it affects the lower classes lower level characters a lot more than it would ever affect the higher level classes meanwhile if you're to be fair higher high level, level is just awful to try and inflict anyway <laughs> <laughs> now that you've gotten chris's game yeah like, high level dnd is that, that you know what that, that's a great dm round table right there it's just high level dnd is insane and frankly not balanced at all <laughs> which is which guess what why do you think all the official 5e campaigns are like 1 to 12 because even wizards is like throwing up their hands going fuck it we're not trying to go anywhere above like Level 12 or 13, because it's just nuts. Every round is a counterspell. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, here's a fun question. Has anybody seen or utilized in their games the Path of the Berserker Barbarian? This is the... Um, there were only, I believe, two Barbarian subclasses in the original Player's Handbook, and that is one of them, and kind of almost looks like kind of the default choice for Barbarians. And the reason I bring that up is because it is universally reviled because of its signature ability, which is Frenzy. At third level, uh, when you rage, you go into a Frenzy, which means you can make a... You can essentially use a, a bonus attack 
a bonus action as an additional attack, which sounds amazing, but then when your rage ends, you suffer a level of exhaustion. Now, to my knowledge, I have not combed through everything. I don't believe there's any other class that inflicts exhaustion on you for using its signature ability. And for that reason, everybody's like, this is the worst fucking class, subclass in the game. And it's not, I mean, it, it's a good ability, but it's not that good where you should have to give literally exhaustion every time. It's very poorly balanced. I think that's a no. Nobody's seen this class I used in the wild. I, I don't think anybody uses no. it for that reason. <laughs> well, I didn't use the barbarian, but I did have a, a Goliath in a uh, a campaign, and I can't remember what what he used, but he would he would you know almost like the same thing. He would go uh, uh, put on extra damage or get advantage on his rolls, but then he would gain the level of exhaustion. And I think he got to he got to two three levels of exhaustion. Jeez. Um, it was pretty it was pretty damning yeah yeah it's it's awful like there's not i would immediately re, if somebody wanted to play this class i would immediately rebalance at homebrew it and say okay at the very least you can do this once and not ever suffer exhaustion and then maybe if you want to try to pull it again which you know it's just it's tied to your rage like that's something barbarians are going to fucking do all the time at the very least i would say you can you know once per day you can frenzy without any consequence and then if you do it again, you suffer exhaustion. Or make it a save. And be like, all right, you can make a save for a thing. Or make it like, okay, if you go frenzy, but you don't do enough damage. Or, do you, you know, like some kind of thing where a player can feel like it's, it's a risk-reward they can overcome. And not just, hey, you turn this on and you will suffer this horribly damning effect that is just... It feels like this was designed so early in D&D before they were finished designing, like, exhaustion and how, like, A, punitive it was, and B, how... Uh, not easy it is to get rid of like can you imagine like frenzying you know two or three times a day as a barbarian getting exhaustion every time and then you get your long rest and it only reduces by one like well fuck me i guess i'm not like raging this next day which is my whole thing i just want to go on a rant about that because this is the exhaustion uh topic and i thought that the path of the berserker is bullshit (laughs) and nobody should be forced to inflict exhaustion upon themselves (laughs) <laughs> That's awful. And it's too bad because, like, looking at the class, like, the other abilities are cool. Like, it, it basically is, like, it's kind of like the champion fighter, where it's just, like, the default, like, hey, if you just like being a barbarian and raging, then go for this. You don't have any other fancy abilities. You can just do your thing. But unfortunately, your thing is that you now inflict exhaustion on yourself whenever you use your signature ability, which is just... It's the worst. The worst possible. <laughs> I was thinking of specific words that involve an animal and something that comes out of them, but yes. <laughs> no, I, I completely agree. It's it's something that having it be such a rare condition and then having that occur with it, that's it's damning. Yeah. It's yeah. just not it's not good. It literally feels like, like a, a beta level class that should not have been finalized after they figured out what exhaustion was. And yeah, frankly I'm not terribly satisfied with the way the exhaustion system works. Um I think it's 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 okay, but it also is just another thing that players and DMs have to keep track of. And it's not fully supported in the rules and through like monster stat blocks. I feel like if it was more utilized, there were more monsters that could deal the exhaustion track. Um, or more like 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 failing forward. Exhaustion could be a good way of failing forward, which is like if you want somebody somebody's jumping across a chasm and they roll a check and they fail it but they don't like abysmally fail it 
and you don't necessarily want that player to fall down into their plummet to their death, you can say, okay, well, you you make the jump, but it you fucking sprained you know your ankle on the landing. You you fall. You just it takes a lot out of you, and I want to inflict something upon you that would um, you know reflect that, and that's kind of where exhaustion could potentially come into play. If it had more, you know, systems like that and more um, effects supported by the game, I think exhaustion would be um, better utilized and more recognizable for the players and the DMs. What about this? What if you used it as a player's choice for self-imposed and um, inspiration? They absolutely screwed a roll. They <laughs> want to re-roll it. They don't have inspiration. Okay. I'm going to take a level of exhaustion and re-roll and get a mulligan. Yeah. I, that's not a bad idea. Um, I feel like... Because it's their choice. It's yeah. not you imposing it. It's just, hey, do you want to do it? You know, I feel like a better system for that would be as if this were a literal superhero RPG. If this were a superhero RPG, I feel like an exhaustion system where you would specifically choose to like drain yourself physically in order to really, you know, quote unquote, dig deep and go super Saiyan mode and, and beat the villain or something that would be very well supported and be very thematic. Um, I mean, you could do that in D and D for sure. And we, we kind of run those kind of games anyway. My games are, uh, but I don't know if that would, the trade off would be worth it quite there, but that would be interesting if you gave players that option is like, Hey, you can choose to inflict exhaustion upon yourself. A lot of them would probably take it in the middle of combat because for the reasons we stated, um, unless you are stealthing as a rogue or counterspelling or you're the face and you need to make, you know, you're constantly trying to talk people down in the middle of combat. Um, more than likely those that first level of uh, exhaustion isn't going to affect your combat encounter. Now, the thing is, are you going to long rest after that encounter? Um or, you know, and, and cure that, or is that going to be for the whole dungeon? It's like, well, you know, you, you still might want to take ability checks at some point during that dungeon. So but at the same point in time with rogues, with their ability checks, they have that thing in their kit where if they absolutely suck at their role, they can do, I can't remember what it was, but I think it's like you get like 10 instead of your instead of your roll, if you roll less than a 10, then is you that automatically base get 10. Is that base level rogues, or is that certain subclasses? Oh, no, 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 that's a certain level. In, oh, yeah, it's base level. Base level rogues. It's... I need to grab the player's handbook. <laughs> yeah, um, but I know what you're talking about. And, and, and Chris has that with the, the bard equivalent of that, where like he can't roll worse than a 10 on a certain like speech a charisma check. So that is certainly... A, and that's an interesting way to not necessarily make yourself immune to disadvantage, but certainly makes it so you can't, like, royally fuck things up. <laughs> and if your modifier's good enough, then it's almost like not having disadvantage. If you've got, like, a plus six, like, oh, I can't roll worse than a, you know, 16 on this check. Right. That's oh, be... it's called Reliable Talent. Okay. It's at 11th level. I'm sure a lot of people watching this were shouting, Reliable Talent, you idiot! Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was on mute, guys. I was shouting it. So <laughs> I, I, I was on mute. Nice. <laughs> uh, all right. Any? Uh, let's go over our final thoughts for exhaustion, uh, Mister Mute Fireworks Factory. Let's hear from you first. Oh, okay. Um, uh, I would. I would probably eventually use it in future campaigns, 
I would try to find a way to really tie it in with uh, uh, consuming rations and uh, um, so a way that the uh, party will need to uh, place an importance on uh, you know bringing along a certain amount of rations so that way they don't get uh, exhausted for the uh, the campaign but other than that, I, I probably won't use it in future campaigns. Fair. Uh, Mr. Farty, tell me about your final thoughts on exhaustion. Yeah, um, so the one thing, like I know I won't track um, food and water, that's, that's not mine, but there are places I think I can use it. Um, so for me, looking at how do I inflict it, you know, um, if they're out on the tundra, you know, I hit them with a blizzard. There's got to be a some kind of check there to make sure. Do they get split up? You know, do they have to? You know, if it's if it's four hour blizzard, you know, how do they protect themselves in the cold? Do I give them a couple of checks there? Is there something that happens overnight? I usually run three uh, checks through the night uh, to see if there's a random encounter. So. I don't know if I'm, uh, I haven't really done this before. I've given them a long rest, but should I take the long rest out if, uh, if they have a fight and now there's a level of exhaustion. So there's trying to find ways to kind of bring it into the game. But um, I think in a way you're going to, you have to homebrew some pieces uh, going back to, um, you know, uh, Char uh, Charling mentioned Dungeon Coach. He had a piece that I got early on, which was about frost checks, which I thought was cool because as I was reading through the campaign, one thing I realized was if you if you have cold weather clothing, you're resistant to you know um, cold uh, cold exposure, and they all get cold weather clothing at the beginning of the right. campaign. So yeah. I'm like, okay, well, that eliminates that whole thing. <laughs> Here's so the I'm problem. Like, it's fixed. So ignore paragraph yeah, two. Yeah, that yeah, is a weird part of that. <laughs> so what I did was I did the frost check piece where it was like, you got a little bit of a buff with every piece you added. If you got a ring of warmth, that was only a plus five to your frost check. It wasn't the resistance. So that helped kind of keep it around a little longer. But I think whatever you do, you have to homebrew some. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jordan, final thoughts on exhaustion. I like it. It requires homebrew. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's not, it's not, it's, they designed it as well as they did to put out the product when they did. But as things have evolved in the game, it needs revisiting just as much as they needed to revisit the Ranger. So there's there's just aspects of the game that are so old that it needs to get they need to put out 6e <laughs> and when they do this will be one of those points that they'll have to hit but outside of that yes I like using it um I don't have enough opportunities to use it um as you mentioned Tomb of Annihilation has it Ice the uh, Icewind Dale, Rime of the Frost Maiden, obviously has it. Um, you'd even be surprised that no, that uh, Dragon Heist has it in one particular location of the map. 
So there's, they write it in, in certain environmental places. So as a DM, if you want to use it, you have to legitimately look at the environment, not just as a grid map, not just as something that you have to go find, but it has to be an active element of role play, of combat. You have to really think of that as not just exploration as the third tier of adventuring, but the environment as a third NPC in every encounter. Social, exploration, and combat. And if that's not an aspect of it, then exhaustion just serves no real point in the game. That's a good point. Um, yeah, I, I think it's important to have a system that penalizes the players that isn't just hit points. That, that represents their overall like stamina or mental state or something. Um, exhaustion was clearly meant to be that system, but it's just not fully supported like it should have been. It, it should have been more utilized. It should be a part of a lot of monster stat blocks. It should have been a bigger part of, you know, put it alongside hit points and be like, all right, I'm currently on, you know, level zero or, or do the opposite. Make it like... You know, you've got a pool of 10 exhaustion and you, you lose exhaustion, um, you know, for different penalties. And then if you ever reach, you know, zero, you're fucking dead. You know, you can, you can do the same thing and just kind of rejigger a little bit. I, I, I like the system of, of RPGs. There's a lot of horror RPGs that do this is is having the, the physical hit point bar and the mental um, uh, sanity bar. In this case, D&D isn't that kind of game, but you could still do it with, uh, you know, your, your overall stamina which represented by just, you know, feats, you know, the environment is, is slowing you down and damaging you or, um, you know, different monsters are doing that kind of effect on you where it's just weakening you versus necessarily dealing actual damage. So I, I wish those systems were more interesting, more interesting and, and better integrated into the game. Because I feel like if it, if, if it came up more often, if it was used more often and players interacted with it more often and there were more spells and tools for reducing it and monsters were inflicting it more often, then it wouldn't feel like this kind of weird, superfluous, um, you know, extra debuff that we're all having to keep track of and all forgetting about, which I think is the problem it is now. So we either need to change it into something else, like just affecting hit dice or just saying, okay, you've got disadvantage on stuff or just something easier or go the other way and, and and make it a more interesting system and have it be more supported by the other aspects of the game rather than just purely environmental. All right, that is my thoughts on exhaustion. Those are all of our thoughts on exhaustion. So I think that will do it for this DM roundtable. Thank you to Fireworks Factory, Farty McButterpants, and Jordan for joining me for this month's DM roundtable. Thank you to all my wonderful patrons Shouts to Platinum Patrons, Joe, Will, Tiny Dancer, Wizard, Princess, Christopher, Thomas, Captain Mike, Adam, Aiden, Stan, Nathan, Alex, Chad, Alexander, Dan, Daniel, and Cam. And Gold Patrons, RPG, Papercrafts, Charming Grenade, Pretty Boy, and Yuma, Dead, Lizard, Lounge, Sam, Arash, Lumpy Spuds, Jerome, Sklenia, Nick, Farty McButterpants, Blood, Angel, Veronis, Baboon, Baboon, Nathan, and Fast Like Tortoise. I'm Eric, and hope to see you all again for next month's DM Roundtable discussion. Good night.